In this episode of The Dr. E Show, we explore fascinating topics at the frontiers of human possibilities, including something called breatharianism. It's this idea that some humans, such as certain yogis or qigong masters, may be able to attain such high energy states that they live on little or no physical food. Full disclaimer, this episode is not here to suggest anybody stop eating. Please do not engage in prolonged fasting without careful preparation, safety precautions, and professional supervision. This show in our community is all about making smart, healthy choices, taking personal responsibility, and creating well-being on all levels. So please, always, safety first. The real change is happening, people, when you just go, I'm done. I'm just done. I can't live like that anymore. I won't live like that anymore. I don't like it. And that's great because that through seeing things as the cup half empty, not half full, but through getting to that point, you just go, there's got to be something more. And that's when the real change can happen. And that's when your pure nature goes, hey, I'm glad you're asking. You really want to know who you are? Well, come and get married to me. Marry me. Find the true beloved inside of you because when you come into that state of divine marriage where you marry human personality self with divine perfection, boom, boom, now you are free. Now you'll have all the answers to your questions. That's fun. Hello, this is Dr. Edith Ubuntu Chan. Welcome to The Dr. E Show a show exploring the frontiers of our human possibilities in areas like health and wellness, science and spirituality, quantum biology, and conscious living, so that together we can awaken the best of ourselves and create our most joyful and fulfilling lives. When it comes to global pioneers living at the frontiers of our human possibilities, in my opinion, by far one of the greatest luminaries on the planet today is Jazz Muheen. Those of you who might have read my book, Super Wellness, in chapter four, we share a tiny glimpse into my life-changing experience attending her 11-day darkroom meditation retreat in 2013 in Thailand. It was, without a doubt, one of the top three most profoundly transformational experiences of my life, and not a single day has gone by where I don't contemplate the profound implications of that experience. So today we are super honored that Jasmine has chosen to take time out of her busy world travels to chat with us today. Like many of our guests on this show, the depth and breadth of Jasmine's work is almost beyond description. So I'll just read a little bit from her internet bio. Jasmine's main service agenda is raising the consciousness to co-create a healthy and harmonious world. A meditator for over 46 years, the lifetime president of Global Congress of Spiritual Studies in India, Jasmuheen specializes in deep interplane journeys using the alchemical meditative process to allow people to merge even deeper with their own enlightened nature. Do you love her already? 
As an ambassador of peace for the Embassy of Peace, she has traveled constantly since 1994 and achieved many positive things in the world with her work with tribal cultures in Colombia, the Amazon, and also the slums of Brazil, plus working with various levels of government, including presenting her work again at the UN in Vienna in 2013. Through this time, she has been instrumental in helping to educate millions of people into better global resource usage via developing a stronger connection to the divine resource within. And since 1993, she has been personally nourished by prana and for over 20 years has lived without the need for physical food. She tours around the world to support students in her interconnections and insights into the essence that feeds and nourishes us all, insights into spontaneous healing, plus our current evolutionary status on earth, according to the divine feminine and the light beings that she works with, and so much more. A deeply peaceful person, Jasmuheen, as you can see and feel, is light, entertaining, and always filled with love. Her workshops, her gatherings are always so inspirational. So please help me in welcoming the Ambassador of Peace from the Embassy of Peace, the International Lecturer, the Artist and Sacred Art Retreat Facilitator, the author and metaphysical researcher of 35 books in 18 languages, the researcher into pranic living and living on light, the president of the Global Congress of Spiritual Studies in Bangalore, India, the founder of the Self-Empowerment Academy and Cosmic Internet Academy, and the Darkroom Retreat Facilitator, the amazing global pioneer, Nazmuheen! Yes! That was... um. Five decades, yeah, condensed into a few short paragraphs. Yeah, it is like yeah. beyond words. What an honor to be in your presence again, and for all of our audience to feel the love that you are bringing forth in the planet. Thank you so so much for all this work that you do. And thank you, Edith. As many people know, Edith has been doing great work. I remember the first pranic festival that you put on where I got to meet so many other people who were doing something similar but in, in different ways. And it was just a wonderful gathering. And I think everybody who came realized how unique we all are and how different we all are and how everybody is just following what they were born to do, you know, um, living out the blueprint, the things we were encoded to deliver before we took embodiment this time. So thank you for you and everything you've done. Well, you know, before I ever actually met you and contacted you, I had already been inspired and influenced by dozens of your books. But I have to say what you bring forth is so many levels beyond what is the standard norm in our world. I'd love if you could share with our audience how you came to be conscious of such higher dimensions so far beyond what is normal on our planet. How does one cultivate the courage to not only explore these things, but to be a bringer of this information, to really stick your head out there in the media, right? and open yourself to all the misunderstandings as possible when you're at such a level beyond what people normally understand. 
You know, I think many people in the metaphysical world, we know that um, you exit at a certain vibration and you're born at that same vibration into the next time. And in our networks, everybody's aware of the indestructibility of energy. That energy cannot be created, it cannot be destroyed, it just changes form and hence you have this reality of either linear time embodiments or even simultaneous timelines that everything is affecting everything else. So you could say that, you know, my last life, I know, I remember very clearly as a shaman with the Lakota tribe in North America. And I, in the course of my own journey of asking, you know, it's like how many times in life have, you just gone, I have no idea how to deal with this situation or I want more information, help. And what's so beautiful is that we live in this field of infinite love and infinite wisdom and intelligence, the all-knowing, what some people call zero-point reality or the unified field or the God-particle pulsation or the Tao or whatever, but it's here and it's vibrating through us and it vibrates around us. And when we're in this heart of I want to know, then we get the most amazing responses from it, especially when what we are wanting to know is not just beneficial for us, but beneficial for human evolution. So, you know, I came in on a certain vibration, which was hard because the first thing I did was fight with my mother about the fuel, fuel choices, you know. She'd sort of give me meat and the vibration of it all, the way it was killed, um, because it wasn't killed the way we did it in the tribe. In the tribe, we would go and hunt and we would tune into the animal kingdom and we would ask for the sacrifice so our people could eat. And we were very loving and very connected in that way of feeding. But that the meat, when I came into this body, in this life, it was like fear and adrenaline and the slaughter techniques were so inhumane. And although I didn't know it, at the time, my whole body was just, no, this is not for me. I couldn't, I came in quite sensitive and, and that vibration was too much to overcome. So I began to fight a lot with my mother and just, no, but I could woof down vegetables and, and grains and things like that. But she was in this limited reality of, hey, you need protein. You have to eat this. It's a balanced diet. So I came into conflict and awareness two, three years old because my mother would say, there are all these starving children in the world. You'd be lucky that you've got this good quality food that I'm giving you. And all I could think was, no. And then my mind started to go, because I was told this enough, it was like, why are there starving children in the world? What is going on? Why aren't the children taken care of? And so as I then went into um, church, because I was brought up in the Christian tradition, then I would ask all these questions of the priest, but I'd also listen and I'd hear him say things like, you know, Jesus said, everything I have done, you can do and more. And all you have to do is ask and you'll receive and the kingdom of heaven is within you. And I would go, oh, 
Okay, I'm asking, show me the kingdom of heaven. So I was just a very precocious and inquisitive child. You know, at school I used to talk to the kids about the meaning of life and, and is there life beyond the stars? And, you know, I had the most crazy questioning and the kids would just go, who are you? <laughs> and so, you know, I was brought up in this environment and then living in an environment of being that square peg in the round hole. And so many are, Edith. Millions and millions and millions of people have gone through this questioning and this, you know, can't we live in peace? And, and can I experience the truth of all the holy wisdom? And I want to experience what Buddha's talking about. And I want to know the truth and feel the truth and experience the truth of what Jesus was talking about or Lao's or um, Confucius or all the, all the beautiful teachings of the Holy Ones, if ever we're exposed to that. We're all like, oh, wow, it sounds so good. I, I want to experience it. I don't just want to read about it. I want to experience it. But because I came in with a very early exposure to this idea that there were starving children, and then when I um, began meditation at 16 and I started to experience, wow, I am love. This, this vibration of love just flooding through me and this light exploding in me and this guidance flowing and I just thought whoa the magnificence of the human design who are we what are we capable of and and here I am tapping into something that can take away all my hunger that could probably take away all human hunger because that was my question as a kid mm -hmm. is there something that is so powerful that can take away all our hungers so we're not greedy, so we do redistribute resources in a way that's beneficial for everybody mm -hmm. so that our children are fed, so that there are no, there is no suffering, so that people have shelter, they have everything they need because we're coming from kindness and compassion and we're not greedy and we're not doing the my, 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 but we're, we're sharing resources with love and care. You know, and but then again, why was I vibing like that? Well, because I'd lived in a tribe where that's what we did. You know, we shared resources. Everybody took care of everybody else. The North American Indian tradition is amazing. You know, we all raise the children. The children are raised not by a parent, but by a community. Mm -hmm. So all of this, we all have these amazing experiences through our lives or back in time or between lives that um, get us saying yes to doing some crazy things that we forget we were going to do. And so that's where we get the courage from because we don't remember what we agreed to do before embodiment. And we just do what feels right in any given moment, step by step by step. And you do, and you gain courage. And you do, and you get whacked. And you, you get whacked, and you step back, and you come deeper into your truth, and you get more courage and inspiration. <laughs> you take another step, and then before you know it, 50 years have gone by, and you have that sort of bio. <laughs> 
I think all the audience listening have had some profound experiences mm -hmm. beyond what meets the eye in our kind of standard 3D reality. And that's why we're all seekers. We're all interested in new human possibilities. We all know deep in our heart and soul, this, the hungers, the wars, the inequity, the greed, is, it just does not resonate with us. And yet at the same time, I'll speak for myself, when I was early in exploring meditation, when I had my first kind of like supernova explosive journey of remembering who I really was, I fell into a really difficult dark night of the soul after that. Um, it's no joke. It was very difficult, very lonely. I felt constantly homesick. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't feel like I was able to relate to my world anymore. And there yeah. may be some, I, I feel blessed along that journey. It made me into a seeker. I started coming across, it was like exactly as you said, ask and you shall receive and all this. Um, I didn't know anybody else who had really integrated those experiences yet, but I read some books, including some of yours. And it started soothing my soul and making me feel like okay i am here for a reason because i just wanted to escape i kind of became addicted to meditation because it was almost an escape it was a relief yeah and it took many years before meditation integrated into my physical reality here that i could kind of start to feel like i was bridging the dimensions that kept me feeling inspired to keep going. Can you give um, those of us who have those experiences and are struggling to integrate, can you give us some words of wisdom about that? Look, it's just the process of waking up. I always say to people that we are in living, all of us, in the most magnificent human design that is multi-layered and multi-dimensional. And a prolonged time in society, we're very much in this beat of frequency brainwave pattern of almost believing that all there is is what we see in this physical world and so therefore it's like this idea you, you're born you grow up you're educated you're influenced culturally or whatever you have your careers your marriages perhaps children whatever you're doing and then that's it and you die you know and yet many people get this sense inside this whispering that i call the essence the pure nature going there's more there's more there's more because i had a wonderful loving childhood with people who were very into family and a really good dad and a good mom and my first love affair was such a good introduction to that but even so there was there's more there's more there's more and there's this pure and perfect part of us that says come on this is mesmerizing this world but it's not the higher truth it's not the totality of who you are so then when you start to listen to that intuitive guidance and you start to maybe meditate because meditation is about sitting down shutting up and asking to really experience who we are to feel it not just to think about it, but to feel the truth of who we are and when that energy comes it's love it's peace it's wisdom you start to disconnect from the external world and you go what the <laughs> what is this planet 
because you go more into your unified nature. And in that vibration, that is the realms of unity, of, of multidimensionality, of where you can connect to the all that is and where you start to sense life in other star systems and you sense the possibility that we can live in unity within ourselves, that we can live in harmony and unity with each other, and that it's happening on a multidimensional level, but on another TV channel. So you glimpse this other TV channel and you're like, whoa, I like that one. But then you disconnect somehow through the busyness of life and you go back to the duality channel and you're like, huh? I don't get this. I do not relate at all. And so you're feeling like, well, I don't belong there and I'm not kind of in the other one all the time. And you go through the, the phase of a foot in this world and a foot in that world and you do the dance between the zones. You know, one minute you're mesmerized by duality, the next minute you're in unity and oneness and peace and then something happens in your world and you're like, oh, back to duality and ah. And so you're in that, that dance, I call it. And for me, it's like, but how can you then take your feet out of this duality zone and be permanently anchored in the zone you want to live in and be grounded there and then be able to experience all zones at will and not be affected by them. But in turn, in fact, you are transmissioning something that is so nourishing and so beautiful that every zone in creation benefits by your transmission. Yes? Wow. That's the game in town. So you can play the dance in two worlds game and it's like, well, that's interesting, but I feel a bit schizophrenic because I know there's oneness and unity and I'm like blah so nourished there and then I feel this duality where I'm like what the because it just doesn't feel like truth it feels like it's a really limited human ego personality construct that doesn't nourish us it's just a game it's it's the Indians say it's the Maya of illusion but when you're trapped in it you don't know it's illusion and how you lose being entrapped by it is to step back into that part of you that understands the illusory nature of all realms and is detached enough from it that you have the higher potential perception to see it for what it is and love it anyway. And love it anyway. Like when you really are more merged at one with your pure and perfect enlightened essence nature, which is in everyone, when it's a strong dominant frequency and not a weak little like, you know, I used to say it's like a little squeaky mouse. It's there enough to give us life, but it's not very loud because we ignore it. We're in like this, this, oh my God. All our focus is down into one little device. And it's like, we're not in expanded awareness. When your essence is dominant, 
you are aware that one drop of the vast consciousness you are is in this physical body, but you are way beyond it. You are the purest pulsation of love. You are infinite wisdom. You are eternal beingness. You exist everywhere in everything. And you are me and I am you and everyone in this world is just our own pure essence nature playing in a different vibratory pattern so you can love everyone for exactly who they are without needing to change them or to run away from them because you're in a higher understanding of the whole game. But this, oh, I love my iPhone, I really do. It's my office, but many people are completely out of balance now because their focus is down on a technical device and on the internet instead of the inner net. Now the internet, whoa, that's where we open up. And this is one of the reasons we've been doing this darkroom experimentation, which you mentioned you had your most profound experiences because we can take, you know, 45, it's not a big space. So we can take 45 different people from sometimes 30 different countries and all spiritual traditions and we can get rid of this external reality by getting rid of physical vision. So when there's absolute darkness, I can't see that you look different to me. I can't see anything physical, but I can go deeper into my feeling nature. And then the brain starts to operate differently because your body's not exposed to light and your pineal gland produces more pinealine and the, you have a different production of serotonin and melatonin. And so your brainwave patterns are always now in alpha. And then we meditate together and we live a very particular lifestyle that is designed to put you into theta brainwave pattern. Now, when you're permanently in theta brainwave pattern, your whole physiology of your body changes. That 99.9% .9 space that is in each atom starts to send its vibrations in a very powerful way. And the vibrations that it carries is what I call baseline. The very baseline of creation that's vibrating through everything. And as baseline or pure essence, which is the baseline, gets stronger and stronger and stronger, we just find we get less and less hungry. In darkroom, we lose all physical hunger. We start to feed on chi direct from source through the technology we offer. We do long, deep meditations where we're identifying with a different part of ourselves. Our intuitive ability gets stronger. Our clairvoyant, our clairaudient, our clairsentient part gets stronger. And this is part of the human design. We're all telepathic, we're all clairvoyant, we're all clairaudient, we can all heal by touch and be healed by touch. We can all transmission the purest love. We can all travel beyond space time through thought and feeling instantly so we don't need UFOs. We can go travel the multiverses very easily because we go back to that very baseline of creation where everything is interconnected and we travel the highways the intergalactic multi-dimensional highways of the very baseline of creation which is everywhere wow now that's fun and we then measure people's blood before and their their health before they go into darkroom and then after and everyone's health just wow much better 
So some intermittent fasting for those who are fasting, pranic feeding for those who are able to be source-fed, which we show people how to do that. We live a very particular lifestyle that is designed to go from this channel called duality to this channel called oneness and unity in heaven on earth. And it's just a channel change. And how we change that channel is magnetic attraction by the changing of the vibrational transmissioning we are carrying. So when we transmission more of our core nature, our pure nature, then the quantum intelligence and benevolence responds to that and suddenly we're in a new zone because there's millions of versions of you and there's millions of versions of Earth. And it's just tick, 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 tick. So when your feet are still in two worlds, it's just because you haven't solidified yet. You're you're bouncing back and forth between the versions and you haven't solidified or anchored permanently enough yet in your pure core nature. When you do that, ta-da! You've totally piqued everybody's interest now, probably way more than the little mention in my book did. So let's really dive into Darkroom. Can you introduce for our audience in the currently known history of planet Earth, which cultures have been taking advantage of this Darkroom technology? And then also, how did you come to make Darkroom such a core part of your toolkits and your journey in developing your own very unique approach to darkroom which is different from everybody else's so please give us like a little map of what darkroom is and what's unique about yours yeah look i think when you wake up to your multi-dimensional nature which means we exist everywhere in everything simultaneously then you can tune into perhaps different lives you may be concurrently enjoying as well This is just the remembrance and everyone has this. It's almost like videos in cellular structure. And I remember years ago, I hurt my body and I was really asking my body the causative factor of the damage so I could heal. I'd ripped a muscle and my body started to give me photos of this when I damaged it here and when I was running through that airport pulling behind me a heavy suitcase which threw out my shoulder and it gave me probably 50 little snapshots of images photos it was like looking at photos that led up to the damage that was caused so we have these photographs this cellular memory that we can access in silent stillness so when we come back to pure nature, where pure nature dominates. And we can do this with the breath, to slow the breath right down and just come back into the truth of who we are with just even the mantra, I am pure love, because it's in the field of love where all is known. All it can be revealed in the field of love because that's part of the very baseline. And from the love came the light, came the wisdom, came creation, came the experiences. So I remember being with the Essenes and that was over 2,000 years ago and I had a life um, where I was trained as a healer with the Essenes which was coming from the lineage of Jesus. Jesus' grandmother, Anna, was an Essene and she lived about 800 years and that was common then and she knew that Jesus was coming 
that he would come through her daughter, Mary. So she stayed a long time to help prepare Mary to prepare for this amazing soul that was coming in. And I remember that part of our training in the Essenes was that we would go into this almost esophagus type thing like in ancient Egypt with the esophagus, sarcophagus, and we would lie there for three days and three nights with the lid upon us. So you couldn't get up, you couldn't run around, you couldn't go to the toilet, you couldn't do anything really, but just hmm and then identify with your multidimensional nature because when you identified with your multidimensional nature, you are trapped. And identifying with your multidimensional nature meant that you were being source-fed. You could feel that you, we are all fed by these pulsations of energy that are just part of this zero-point essence ocean that flows through all of us all the time. So the cells would start to feed off this. So our initiation was, one, how to deal with boredom, two, how to drop out of identification with physical form and go into experience of non-physical formlessness. And so we'd be in darkness, we'd have no food, we couldn't go to the toilet, we had no water. And that was part of an initiation process we went through in our training as the Essenes. And so I could go right back through life and look at different other trainings I've had in linear time um, where it's all been about going back to the experience of source energy, of essence energy of our multidimensional nature. And then when I first experienced darkroom in this time, um, for me it was back in the early part of this millennium and it was like, I just knew the power of it. If I wasn't, if I was going to do it, it wasn't like I was experiencing with Master Chia, but I could feel like, wow, he was feeding them and other things then. And for me, it was like, if I ever did this, I'd give them no food. I'd put them into pranic feeding, source feeding. I'd insist on long periods of silence and deep group meditation and discussion. And I would apply the lifestyle that we share with people to infuse your system more with pure nature here in darkroom as well. And then we have the fact that we are in female bodies. Yes! What a blessing, because many of us have had many times lines in time that had been in masculine form, but we chose feminine form this time for a reason, because we're naturally harmonized with the, with the goddess energy, with the template of the divine feminine. So I've realized that when you come back into that vibration of pure, pure love, that original womb, I call darkroom the womb of the divine mother, that womb of infinite potential before the light was born, but from the, the vibration of love where the light came and the sacred geometric patterns and the key codes of creation. So if you can come back into darkroom with that reality, then it's like you're in the, the field where all can be known once you get over this. And this is the hardest thing for many on many levels because a monkey mind has so much limited conditioning, like the societal conditioning that you've got to be fed on an external level. Well, that's great when you're running the human personality game of beta frequency mind. But when you go back into the 
the recognition of your pure and perfect nature and doing what's required to make it strong and dominate the biosystem, then the physiology changes and you find that you're just not hungry. When it dominates, you're not physically hungry, you're not mentally hungry, you're not emotionally hungry, you're not spiritually hungry, and you are just like, thank you, thank you. Thank you, 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 thank you for my existence. Thank you for this body. Thank you that I'm on planet Earth. Thank you for this paradise that this world is. Thank you for these seven and a half billion people who are just essence vibrating and exploring and who I can love so unconditionally. Thank you for this ability to feel this love, to feel the vibration of the very core of creation while I have physical form and the senses to do so. Thank you. I'm blessed. Wow. Wow. And that is like just you're awake. You're awake. You're not just awake to the fact that of the potential of, of life on earth or the potential of humanity, but you're awake to, to the whole pulse, pulsation of all of creation and all the different nuances in creation. And, and the journey of exploration can then begin, and it's the most exciting journey we can ever, ever, ever have. And people get a touch of that in dark room, and I love it. Because every time a new group comes, they come with their vibrational spectrum, you know, all their experiences in cellular memory that give them a keynote. And then you blend them all together and you get, you know, a Muslim or a Christian or a Taoist or a Buddhist or everyone. They all come. And you blend them all together and you you harmonize in a way that you can then begin to bring out the best in all and go deeper and experience more of the expression of our own pure nature and, and what each group then begins to bring through is incredible. You know, we had one group and they're all under 30. They're all those indigos, you know, the new kids, mm -hmm. and they are vibing differently because they're really encoded with all the knowledge of what life is like in the unified realms. And so we had those ones come and there was just one other older woman in her 60s like me and the rest were the young ones. They harmonized in one day. Mm. One day. Whereas when I get some of my other groups, when we do a blending of male, females and all the different cultures, they can take six, seven days to harmonize because some of them, they'll go through this use of mental energy of like, oh, why did I come? I am so bored and she's not feeding me. And I miss my iPhone and my devices and it's dark and I can't find my room and it's scary. Yeah. And that's fun. That's just the processes different people go through. But eventually they start to flip it, flip it, flip it, flip it. Start to look for the good in all, start to look for the God in all. Like we had this one Chinese man and he was saying this after about three days. Why am I here? I'm so bored. <laughs> and I said to him, okay, well, how about you and I, we both go visit. I'll visit my husband, you visit your wife. What? To so go and go visit your wife. I'm going to visit my husband. 
So I just close my eyes. I let this love I have for my husband just be very strong. And I followed this flow of love and I, my mind was on him. And I just was with him in just a minute, you know, but he was sleeping. So I came back and I said, okay, did you connect with your wife? Huh? He did, just didn't get it. I said, well, my husband's sleeping, so there's not much to report. But I just wanted to demonstrate with you this is a field of freedom. It's not a field of restriction. If you think it's a field of restriction, you've got to flip it because you're not using mental energy in the capacity you could use it. You're using mental energy in a restrictive way and not in a way of freedom because everything is here for us to access. We're not confined to physical form. And this is one of the things we find in darkroom. We can be as multidimensional as that. Let's go to source and have breakfast. Yay. So we expand our awareness through the physical sun, through the galactic core, through the universal core, and go to source point. And when we come back to source point, we're in our bodies of light and we're cosmic plasma beings and we can connect with the consciousness that we once extended out from to then go on this journey through space and time to originally, to eventually end up in physical form on planet Earth. You know, can That's we go so and profound. I think I we know. pause for a second. Just just that that one insight of flipping something that you previously perceive as a limitation, as a restriction into a portal to infinite possibilities, because totally. that is, of course, in dark room, in your dark room in particular, most of us are are fasting. Um, or no, not fasting. We are, we are not taking nourishment from physical foods, and then we experience this immense nourishment that yes. we've been missing out on most of our life. Yeah. And we stop seeing with our physical eyes, and we see a whole other level of beauty yep. and levels of possibilities that no beautiful art or movie or anything we've seen in the earthly realm even begins to compare to that yes multi-dimensional omnivision of gorgeous geometries and visions and traveling through time and space that is possible because of quote-unquote restricting your physical vision and yeah. all this possibility yes. opens and it's really kind of like maybe a theme to approach life with that yeah. whenever we put yeah. ourselves in these seemingly challenging situations that maybe it's the same maybe that's why we even came to planet earth to put on these physical bodies that seem sometimes so restrictive and it, look it just depends on the part of yourself you identify with let's talk about two eyes we have i can see life through the eyes of my human personality and my human personality is a construct you know, I'm a, I'm a first-generation Australian. My parents came out of concentration camps in Norway because they were labelled Jewish sympathisers, so they were put in camps. They went through all their journey. 
Then they took a new future and migrated to Australia. And so I have my influences of my parents and my culture and my country, Australia and Norway, and my parents' experiences and my educational imprints and my own experiences as being an unusual child and, and my life choices. And that could be my personality self. And we all have this construct of the human personality self that's based on imprints and experiences. So I can see life through those eyes and it's very biased because I am restricted by my cultural and experiential imprints through the journey of my life. And I've got a lot because I'm in my you know, 60s now. So the older you are, the more influenced you, the more experiences you have to influence you. But then you have your eyes of your pure nature and your pure nature is your Atman, your monad, your I am presence, your authentic self, your what some would call your higher self, but I call your essence self. Now that's that part of you that is all knowing, all loving, everywhere, powerful. And when it rises and you start to see life through the eyes of your essence, you have a much higher perception and understanding about all realms, not just life on earth, but about all realms, because you're seeing through that part of you that is all knowing and all aware. And so you can flip it. You know when you're being negative and limited, you're seeing life from your human personality, and you need to flip that to see life through the eyes of the essence. But it's not a mental flip, it's an experiential flip. You know, that's why meditation is so powerful because it's about sitting down, surrendering and asking and opening, asking to experience who you really are at the deepest levels of your being and asking to experience the magnificence of your human design and asking to experience the full totality of how you've been created and by what and with what and your potential as a, a spirit being in a human form with a matrix we call our body of light that has layers within layers within layers that can blossom when you hit a vibrational keynote that is always coming from the heart and not just the mind. So, you know, the real changes happen in people when you just go, I'm done. I'm just done. I can't live like that anymore. I won't live like that anymore. I don't like it. And that's great because that through seeing things as the cup half empty, not half full, but through getting to that point, you just go, there's got to be something more. And that's when the real change can happen. And that's when your pure nature goes, hey, I'm glad you're asking. You really want to know who you are? Well, come and get married to me. Marry me. Find the true beloved inside of you because when you come into that state of divine marriage where you marry human personality self with divine perfection, boom, boom, now you are free. Now you'll have all the answers to your questions. That's fun. So I think those who resonate with this are still listening. Um, <laughs> I think you're really said crazy girl. <laughs> the question that came to me is can you articulate who is darkroom retreat, specifically your darkroom retreat? Who is it for and who is it not for? It's, it's not all for those 
it's not great. Look, it's confronting because there will be no iPhones and there will be no physical food. And it, you will have to really surrender into the now moment. And this is what you were asking before about techniques. And I was talking about the magnificence of the human design. We have the breath. And, you know, this is one of the most magnificent parts of our construction because we can just slow that breathing right down. And when we slow that breathing right down with an intention that we're drinking from the very source of creation, then we are flooding our body with this pure essence frequency and we go deeper, deeper, deeper into peace. So we get a chance to apply all the brilliant things we've studied in different spiritual traditions when we come into dark room and people realize they're not walking it. They, you know, you can hear it all, but you, there's a big difference between knowing it and living it. And dark room gives you an amazing opportunity to really live your highest truth and to step back and honestly assess the creation of your life. And so I always say to people, look, do your research. You'll find different people offering different things in the world. And when you listen to them and feel them, for some people you'll go, me, not for me. And for others you'll go, oh, I connect. There's something about that one and I really like their vibration or I've heard about this thing that's happening and my heart just goes, yep. Yep. So I like those to come if their heart says yes, not the mind. And what I notice is like the, the lists always change. I, we're always booked out a few years in advance because we have a long waiting list and not many spaces. Mm -hmm. But I always do this little alchemy and I just say, okay, quantum, get rid of the ones that shouldn't be here this year and bring me the ones that should be together with us this year because I want the right frequency mix of the people. So I want an orchestra. I don't want too many drums or too many violins. I want a piano. I want an oboe. I want a saxophone. I would like, you know, a trumpet. I want the right mix so that when we start blending our energies, our group bring out the best in each other. Doesn't mean there won't be one or two who are challenging, but they, they always put others into compassion. So I just want the right group. And so I just say to people, look, if you're meant to be there, just say to quantum intelligence, okay, this feels good. Bring me the money. Bring me the babysitters if I've got children. Bring me the time. Bring me everything I need so I can be there with Jasmine and her group and make it happen with joy and ease and grace so that it is so obvious I'm meant to be there and let me come in my power and let me add the vibration I need to add because we don't do events of teacher-student. We do events of friends and aware, loving, spiritual beings in human form coming together to put uh, to merge and, and open the fields and create a space where not is our just our collective vibration is good for each other, but it's good for Thailand and it's good for the world. Because remember, Jesus said. 
or two or more are gathered in my name, I will be there. So when you get people gathering together into this higher consciousness and the group dynamic starts to control and bring through and deliver whatever that group needs and whatever the vortex of planet Earth needs right now because of that gathering. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm tingling all over just in remembrance of so many levels of there's the words that you're speaking, but I think everybody listening, you can feel in your cellular matrix, the, the resonance that's behind your words right now. Look, Edith, I love darkroom because it's, it's my crazy girl laboratory. I'm not a crazy girl. I'm just different. But it's a laboratory for me. Every year I get so excited because we're energetically, you know, I know the right ones are coming and that we're going to be together. We're going to have nine days now and nine nights of meditation together of true yogi in a cave experience. And we're gonna to work together with each other in the most beautiful, loving way so that people can experience more and more and more of their multidimensional nature. And you just look at the science of this. If you're not spending energy digesting physical food, what is your body gonna do with that energy? straight away you've got all this energy to use in other ways in your body system. So after a few days, some people stop sleeping. So now they've got 24 hours a day to play within darkroom and then the monkey mind comes in and it's like, ah, and you've got to make the now your best friend. And, and this is the technique for, for really experiencing the truth of who we are is this day by day, moment by moment, training of absolute surrender into each now moment. Because when we live in the past and when we live in the future, we're running out of the mental energy pattern. But when we can surrender and be fully aware and fully present in each moment and fully present with the breath, then all of our pure multidimensional nature can go into this state of natural revelation. And that's one of the things about darkroom, it's the natural revelation and each one stimulating through fertilization. You know, if we can come back to pure nature and pure nature, the mantras for this is simple. I am pure love. I am infinite. I am eternal. If we just claim this, I am pure love, I am infinite, I am eternal, we are allowing that which we are claiming and naming to rise and flood through the body. And now we're in unity because everyone at their core is pure love, infinite, eternal beingness. And it's a way to play with that. So, you know, I'm listening to your words from the perspective of someone that has already read many of your books and, yeah. and experienced directly with Darkroom. But what really impressed me is that like the, the words that you're speaking to the old me say 20 years ago sounds like that sounds all kind of like fluffy and woo woo. <laughs> is this lady for real? And then yep. I meet you and you have, I, this is my show so I can swear you totally have your shit together. You've produced 35 books that have been translated into 42. 42. 42 oh my gosh. <laughs> so, you know, this lady gets stuff done on planet Earth. 
you travel constantly, the logistics mm. of just your life, like the, mm. the organization of countless events, and then the blessing of me experiencing behind the scenes, the way in which you supported the first Pranic Festival in 2015, and the logistical magic of working with you behind the scenes, to me, that was even more profound. You know, seeing how in Darkroom, it's not like, it feels like it's such a profound life-changing experience. You must have a staff of 12 people that, that do all the details, but then you show up and it was just you. You check people in and out. You are around the clock 24-7, 24-9, or 24-11 supporting us. You keep an open door during Darkroom where when we needed help, not just during the guided meditation sessions, but in between, you're there to counsel and support and facilitate and nourish us with your wisdom. You have such a well-organized business, huge amounts of content that you've created, the films, the videos, the audio, the books, and the humanitarian work that you do, the, the travel schedule that you keep up with, to me, that is what's really inspiring to me, that you can live on prana and produce yeah. in a very yeah. practical level. Talk to us about that, because sometimes when I go into meditation, I just want to melt in all that love and do nothing. And then yeah. it's kind of, um, it's quite a skill to then go back to the physical world and stay on schedule, get stuff done, budget, organize, logistics, travel, Give us some words of wisdom how you can maintain this loving, feminine, soft, flowing state, and yet all the logistics happen so perfectly. Yeah. yeah, it is. You know, one of the feedback we get from people sometimes is, oh, Jasmine, it's too simple. It can't work. And it's like, well, I like simplicity, you know. Um, I had um, a job, some of you may know or may not know, as in my career I was a computer programmer working in the field of international finance. Um, so I would had a job where I would write spreadsheets and do coding to make rich people richer. So I'm blessed with a naturally good logistical left brain operation system. But on a parallel to that, I've been meditating since I was 16 years old. So it's nearly 50 odd years, nearly, not quite 50 years. <laughs> anyway, so the two marry and we need that. When we marry the left and right brain harmonics, we're starting to operate a little differently because you can flip between one and the other as, as is required. But that's not where the real power comes. I'll just share a little story. About three, two, three years ago, I came out of darkroom, as I always do, my most best version self. I do. It just happens. You imagine spending nine days, nine nights with brilliant, switched on, awake, advanced meditators. Because I, I don't get the beginners with me. I get people who are on good journeys and they've, they've got, they're getting in their power and they're listening to the call of their heart and they're trusting their intuition. And most of them have been lightening up their diet and they're on clean, green, 
lean diets. Many come and they're on raw food now and they've been doing a lot of strong background work by the time they get to me. So I'm working with some pretty awake switched on people. So if you imagine that you've got all these people gathering together and in very good vibration and a little tweaking of the field to harmonize us into that pure love zone where all is known, and we all get amazing insights and what each group bring through for me, I sometimes I'm like, wow, <laughs> we just had a meeting with all these multidimensional beings from the unified realms who flooded into our space and gave us this book of unity wisdom to write in and, and the experiences we have knock our socks off. Last time we had 33 portals opening in the space for the divine feminine, those carrying the different divine feminine energy flooding in from Isis to Lakshmi to Hathor and all of them coming in, Mother Mary, Magdalene, the sacred women from the tribes are all flowing into the space. So it's like, good going, guys. Like our group hit that sympathetic resonance where those multidimensional doors could open and these energies could step in and flood the space and, and give us the most incredible experiences. Like one thing that really got me this year was they said that we are knocking on their door. We are knocking on the door of the unified realms through one sound. And I'm like, what? What do you mean one sound? And they said, it's the sound of ah. When you can fill your day moment by moment with ah, you know, you watch a sunrise. I watch the sunrise every day and I'm just like, ah, you know, when you hold a newborn baby and you're just like, ah, you know, when you've made yummy gooey love to somebody you love and you're lying entwined in each other's arms and you're going, ah, that was so yummy. And so they're saying all these collective R's from the human heart is like forming a door knock on the unified realms because that's their permanent vibration. Those who live in unity consciousness, those who live in the unified realms are always like in, ah, they're in the energy of the awe, the wonder of creation, yeah? So that's the secret is Fill your life with more moments of living on earth where your heart just goes, ah, I love this life, yeah. So I came out of darkroom and I come out of darkroom and I'm vibrating in a way that's just like so yummy because we're all really pranic and we've been meditating and living like real yogis in the cave. And I come back home and I just drop a bit, you know. I can feel the vibrational drop because I'm then not in that same space and maybe I get busy with dramas that might be going on with members of my family or grandkids or there's always stuff happening because I have a huge family or someone's suffering, you know, and I might step deeply into their field or whatever. So I just decided I don't want to drop. I don't want to drop anymore. I'm done. So I thought, well, what is it that gives me such a high and dark room? And I realized the biggest thing was this ability to transcend time and be fully present in each moment. So I consciously started to train myself 
to stay in the vibration at the now moment when presence is the strongest, pure presence is the strongest. And you can feel it because when you're walking, you can get a bit speedier or you can be slower. What shocked me from my training the last few years of this is how much I can do. And I realized that when the being does the doing, everything gets done, but so effortlessly, you don't even feel like you're doing anything at all because the pure beingness that you are is doing it all through magnetic attraction and flow. And I thought the greatest training I've ever had, apart from the training to just really consciously breathe and relax and surrender and drop back to the field of the purest love, where all is known in these meetings with these amazing high vibrational beings just happen without looking for it. They just step into the field because you're matching frequency. Love matches love. Light matches light. If you want to go intergalactic and multidimensional and hang out with the most amazing network of friends, you've got to match the frequency, which is the core of who they are, which is actually the core of who we are, way beyond human personality. So if you try and do from human personality, oh my God, you can get exhausted. But when you can just come back to pure beingness and let the beingness do, without your conscious interference on any level it's all magnetic and everything you need comes to you before you even know you need it franz kafka said you can get to a state of being where the universe literally rolls in ecstasy at your feet and when i heard that i went Oh, yeah, that's what I want. I would love to be in that state. But my mind, my scientific mind said, but how, why? And then the answer was because what you are vibrating is so beneficial to creation that creation loves you so totally, that creation serves you so completely that nothing is an effort at all. Now that's a good way to be on earth. Hey guys, I know you're excited to dive even deeper, but this conversation was so awesome, so rich, so beautiful. We had to break it up into two parts. We'll be back with more of Jasmuheen's powerful wisdom next week. See you then. Hi friends, did you love that interview? If you did, please leave a review and share with all your friends so that many more people can benefit from these game-changing insights. You can also go onto our website, dredithubuntu.com, and subscribe to our newsletter, where you'll receive free trainings and next-level ninja tools that we only share on our newsletter. Together, let's turn your life into a brilliant masterpiece.